Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Where To Podcast, where we will answer all of your where to questions. We are here to discuss mental health and resiliency with you in order to help you live the best life possible. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our next episode of Where To with Prevention. Um, Today, I have Andy Schwinn with me and he will kind of tell you what his role is at Preferred Family Healthcare, but we're just going to talk about PFH today and what they do, how COVID affected them, and the resources that you can kind of get from them. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Yes, uh, thanks, Kylie. My name is uh, Andy Schwen. I'm Chief Strategy Officer here at Preferred Family Healthcare. Awesome. So what exactly does that mean? What does your role at Preferred Family Healthcare Man, I'm not sure we have enough time to to really go through all of that, but uh, I oversee um, a lot of our operational um, development uh, as well as um, trajectory when it comes to transitioning to value-based care and um, really designing um, and developing our continuum of care for the communities in which we serve. That's awesome. How long have you worked here? I've worked at Preferred Family for six years. Six years. Dang, that's cool. Okay, so we'll start with our fun questions. What is the most useless talent that you have? A lot of useless talents. Um, I'd say the most recent one that was um, brought to my attention was I can can touch my nose with my tongue. So (laughs) apparently that's kind of rare, but, you know, I I didn't know it was a talent. Yeah. And it's very useless. Yes, it really is. I have this thing where I actually learned this from TikTok the other day. And it's most people can't touch their palm to their shoulder, but somehow I can. And I don't know. Oh, it's the same palm to the same shoulder. Oh, gosh. No, can't do that. Yeah. And so it's useless. Like, I don't know, unless you need to scratch my shoulder. Pat your own back, I guess. Yeah, that's my useless talent. (laughs) Um, the second question, if you had to change your name, what would your new name be and why would you choose that name? <sighs> if I could change my name, it would, that's a really hard one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I told somebody recently that I, uh, and, and when they hear this, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, it, it would be Duke. Duke. Yeah, Duke. Okay. Yeah, and we'll just leave it at that. So. <laughs> okay, no explanation. <laughs> yeah. Um, I should have thought about this. I don't know what mine would be. I think I want to say Rose, but also that's weird. <laughs> I don't really, I don't know. I have a grandma whose name is Rose, so Isn't it's not it? too weird for me. Okay, so. I just think it's a pretty name. Yeah. So I'd probably go with Rose. Yeah. Well, I definitely don't deserve a pretty name. So Duke sounds about right. <laughs> Duke. That's awesome. Okay, so we'll jump into today's episode. So how was PFH directly affected by COVID nineteen? So uh, you know, I can I can remember the the Friday in which everything changed uh, for us, um, especially regulatory. Um, you know, with regulatory influence on March sixteenth. 2020. Um, and, uh, you know, we were, we were really caught in a interesting situation in which, um, we had a lot of staff that were concerned obviously about the pandemic. Um, but 
tens of thousands of people that relied on us um, to also support them through the pandemic. Um, you know, it's while there's a pandemic, you know, and, and going through our country, um, mental illness and substance abuse didn't take a break. And so our staff continued to um, work through that adversity and that challenge. Um, um, so directly, it, it, uh, it tested us as an organization um, and our ability to serve and, and willingness to serve. And, and our staff, all of them rose up to that occasion. Yeah. So. Do you guys think that you got more, I don't know if attention is the right word, but do you think more people were directed to your services because of COVID? You know, it's uh, in some situations um, that was more of a lagging effect. Um, I think, you know, with isolation, um, you know, and depression don't usually go too well together, yeah. um, as well as um, substance abuse issues. It, it may have not immediately caused individuals to come to us, but over time, um, we're seeing a an increase in a, in a more diverse patient um, population presenting um, to our offices. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so where did you see resiliency happen and how did Preferred provide those resources to help individuals become resilient in the communities? So, oh gosh, I, I, I'm, I always say I'm probably the wrong person to give good information on this because I'm so unfortunately so far away from the day-to-day you know activity um, but from my experience and what I observed with with our staff and, and vicariously if you will through um, my oversight of our IT department and telehealth strategy was um, you know it we went from oh maybe a hundred providers doing telehealth um, services and within 14 days um, we were on track to over the next 30 to serve do about 19,000 telehealth visits and and resiliency you know it's we we all hate having our face in front of these computers all the time and um, but when it came down to it being the only accessible way for us to reach individuals, um, our staff really s- stood up to that, you know, and, and made it happen. And um, in, in all in all levels, administratively as well as direct service, um, to be able to get devices out there, internet, um, you know, our staff were really, I would say, going into the action to make sure individuals were, were seen and taken care of. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Um, so I know. The people listening to the podcast kind of know that CCP came out of COVID, um, crisis counseling program and prevention. So what other programs through Preferred Family Healthcare kind of came out of COVID and are they kind of permanent in the building or in the company now or are they more temporary? You know, there's... In in true PFH fashion, um, I'm not so sure we we invented or started a new program or a new service. I think what, what COVID really um, assisted with um, in the form of a catalyst was to integration and development or um, ex- expanding on things we already do. And, and so that could be um, EMDR for um, 
PTSD, you know, for first responders and, and hospital staff that were really in the very beginning days of COVID were under a lot of tension, a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, so we provide a lot of support to our, our peers in, in the industry. Um, but also, you know, and I see that, that development doing more of something um, to continue well into the future. Um, we've seen great benefits with that, as well as um, telehealth services um, and, and even that um, cross state lines. And so um, obtaining and maintaining licensure for um, staff in, in different states to be able to um, meet the needs of a community that's lacking um, those resources locally. Um, we serve a lot of rural communities and, and they're not uh, necessarily producing all of the therapists in the world. And so sometimes we need to bring those to that community. And, and telehealth is really um, in our, in the development through COVID has really helped us maintain that long into the future. Yeah. So. Um, you mentioned that there's different states, different communities. What states does PFH cover? So PFH operates in Oklahoma, Kansas, Illinois, and Missouri. Okay. And do you know roughly how many locations there are? Uh, roughly around 92. Okay. Cool. So if you're listening and you're in any of those locations, feel free to find a preferred family health care because they're all over the place here. Um, so we're going to have a fun segment in the middle. It's our new trivia segment. Oh, boy. So we have three questions for Andy. And the first one is what's your favorite or your best dad joke? Dad, dad joke? Yeah. Oh man. Um, Since it's trivia, can I pass? (laughs) Oh, I can't pass. Okay. It can Uh, be any kind of joke. It doesn't even need to be considered a dad joke. No, let's see. Um, I don't know. I'm more of just like a, a passive humor person. I, I don't know if I know any, like, if I throw out any just joke jokes. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to go to the next question for now. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> huh. Who would play you in a movie if you were the movie star or the star of the movie? Who would play you? You know, not that I deserve this, um, but when I was younger, um, People used to call me A.C. Slater. Now, I, I don't see it, but other people see it. And so um, I would be honored if A.C. would would play me. Um, I'm sure it's not a role he's just begging to play, but um, I would love that. I so, could see yeah. that, actually. I could see the resemblance, too. <laughs> um, the last one is, when would you time travel to? It can be any time in history, or it can be in the future if you wanted to. But when would it be? Gosh, um, let's say, I don't know. I really, I'm really like to, I'd like to time travel knowing that I could come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see what 2050 looks like. Oh, okay. Yeah. In the future. Yeah. 30 years. Yeah. 30 years into the future. Yeah. Um, Cause that would help us out a lot. Oh my goodness. Yes. So. <laughs> 
something <laughs> right now it's really hard to see what's going to be happen tomorrow yeah so. well i heard something this morning where the kids growing up now won't know what it's like to not have electric cars because all the cars will be electric in seven you know, years. I don't know. My my kids walk up to our TV and touch it and try to scroll. Um, so there's a lot of things I think they're not gonna maybe understand even yeah. a CD. So true. <laughs> so true. Um, okay, so back into our material. Um, how has the support system been for the employees or staff through this time? Has there anything? Has anything been created or what's just been the support system for? The staff. You know, it, it, gosh, the best way to explain it is it's been all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we've um, diligently um, perforated the what, what many would see as the hierarchy of an organization and, and really started to, um, um, you know, provide cross-sectional support into various domains um, as, as an organization because everything was experiencing, whether it's accounting, HR, billing, um, you know, let alone direct service, you know, provision, um, was experiencing uh, a lot of shock change, you know, immediate change, um, change that, you know, is, is brought to us as stated as it needed to be done yesterday. Yeah. So it really required us to, uh, um, to, you know, I, I don't know, intrinsically um, identify where we needed to to be as as leadership um, and support through this time, not knowing exactly what tomorrow was going to bring, yeah. um, and, and what rule might change back, and so a lot of a lot of things had to, you know, be, you know, a lot of rules were opened up, but we have to be prepared to to then know how we did those to unwind them in the event that they are not permanent changes. Mm-hmm. And so um, yeah, I'd say that as well as making, changing the way open, having an open office works. Yeah. You now it's an open calendar, if you will, um, to schedule pop-ins and check-ins, you know, via, you know, tele, if you will, Google meet is what we were using and yeah. still using. Um, to uh, be there to listen, you know, and to be able to provide additional support and, and affect change and where we could to, you know, really assist in stabilizing our service providers um, because they're the ones who really need to be serving the individuals in our communities. That uh, So it was tough, but I, I would say our HR department did a, a fantastic job at really um, approaching um, wellness and mindfulness and uh, during this time and as well as monitoring and managing our risks as an organization with COVID. Yeah. So. Um, with all the uncertainties and challenges that face the employees, do you think that employees kind of got closer and had to work more together to get things done? Yes. Um, and, you know, and, and I'm, obviously I'm glad to see that as an organization it, it, um, the uh, having in horizontal influence, everyone thinks uh, influence uh, in an organization is is vertically driven. Um, it's that's risk that's vertically driven, um, you know. But influence is is a horizontal piece where we can provide assistance to our peers and and you know what what's happening in one community and the uh, managers and and service providers there. Um, 
when they know they've done something, you know, unique, um, we want that to, to spread into other areas. And, and I would say kind of a, like the grass fire effect. And, and, and we, I, I love facilitating that kind of change. And, and it's really helped our employees see beyond, if you will, the community in which they're serving, because the, our community quickly became a virtual one um, in which we, we were occupying a single office in, in a Google workspace. Um, and I appreciate that, but I, it comes with a lot of stress too. And so, yeah. and a lot of challenges and, and missteps, if you will, you know, not knowing where we can um, provide our, our input or not. Um, but yeah, it, I think it, it, it was a catalyst for some cultural development um, as our, in our organization. Yeah. So. And I would definitely agree. Just being in the prevention department alone, it's definitely, I mean, I've only been here during COVID, mm-hmm. but seeing the teamwork <laughs> that is in the department and that everyone's willing to help out in any way possible has been awesome. And even talking to other departments, like HR has answered all my questions. They've been there. And like, I know some of them personal mm-hmm. now. And so it's definitely, I think COVID's definitely brought people kind of closer and more of a team effort. Really brought some meaning to we're all in this together. Yes, so. exactly. Um, and lastly, I know Andy's kind of mentioned some services every now and then through this podcast, but what services do PH, PFH provide to the community in every state, county, anything? So, um, you know, there's not nearly enough time for me to give you the, the detailed spill on this, yes. um, if you will. But because uh, what, what we do provide um, might not be what we provide in every community. Yeah. Um, but from from my from my desk, I look at things on a services along a continuum of care of of the um, least intensive um, to the most intensive. And, and in that regard, we, we provide, um, or coordinate, um, outpatient, um, services, um, being, you know, therapy, psychotherapy, um, psychiatry, primary care, dentistry, um, community support, case management, um, group education, um, both for mental illness and, uh, substance abuse, disorders or substance use disorders. Um, obviously prevention is a big part of our organization because um, we want to prevent those high cost, um, more, um, in, or more disruptive levels of care in somebody's life, um, long-term stays, things like that. Um, we also provide residential substance use uh, treatment um, services, um, a residential care facility for individuals with serious mental illness, um, employment services. So individuals struggling, um, in the social determinants of health domain, if you will. Um, we provide lots of sports and education, employment, um, housing. So we, we provide housing support services as well as, um, provide, uh, access to low income housing tax credit projects. Um, and we have a total of about 100 units um, across the northern part of Missouri um, for that, for individuals transitioning maybe out of a hospital or out of a long term care facility um, and on their way to independence. So I am so sure I missed 
something in there. But um, I think what you can tell is we uh, we're, we have a, a, a real goal and a mission to um, provide wraparound care to individuals um, and, and, and quite frankly, so that in the future they don't need us. Yeah. Um, that would be the ultimate goal. So. Yes, and if you're listening and you have a friend that needs some services or if you heard any of these services that you would like to know more about, feel free to email prevention at moprevention at pfh.org or um, we can get you in contact with Andy as well and just send us any information or any questions that you guys have and we will get you guys the help that you guys all deserve. Um, so once again, thank you. Andy, for joining us today on the podcast. And yeah, thanks for having me. Yes. And if you guys need anything, please reach out to us. Please reach out to Andy. And we would love to help you guys with anything. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast on Where To. This podcast was brought to you by Preferred Family Healthcare Prevention. For more information about PFH prevention, please visit our Facebook page at Preferred Family Healthcare Prevention. You can also find our YouTube page at Prevention PFH or email us at moprevention at pfh.org. See you next time.